Hey guys, and welcome to a very special ancillary episode of the Simply Put Podcast. My name is Mickey Angelus. I am the host here. What's up, guys? This is Fred Neonez, a.k.a. Angelo. So guys, in this episode is a break because obviously you guys are waiting for episode 100, but we cannot leave you without your TV superhero reactions from us. So oh, yeah, yeah. In the meantime, in between time, let's get this recap started. So guys, in this episode, uh, we will be going over The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow uh, from the past week. We are recording live here in our makeshift studio. Makeshift studio. On February 29th, Leap Year, which is also going to be the same date we are recording episode 100. Um, So this will be much shorter, um, but definitely check out episode 100, which will be... Posted actually prior to this one, so you will be listening to that episode first, or maybe this episode first. We haven't decided yet, but anyways. So guys, starting it off with The Flash, which appears on Tuesdays on The CW at 8 o'clock p.m. Standard Eastern Time. We have Season 2, Episode 15, entitled simply... King Shark. Oh, yes. So in this episode, we take a break from all the emotional baggage that was involved with the Earth 2 conundrum. (laughs) And then we move into guest stars from Diggle and his wife, who is now the head of Argus. And lo and behold, they were keeping King Shark uh, hostage, I guess. Not hostage. They were just keeping him. Contained. 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 And then, obviously, stupid people do work for Argus, and they let him out, and he is out for blood. And that is the problem for the people in Central City. Um, so, guys, for me, this episode was a great break from what we got from the two-episode arc with Earth 2 and the Escape From. I think the standouts of this episode definitely was the CGI of King Shark. Yeah. I thought they did an amazing job for the amount of screen time that he got and the things that he was doing. Uh, obviously, especially at the end when uh, Barry was kind of finding himself and finding that confidence once again and uh, going walking through water, running through water, and that scene where King Shark was just swimming like a normal shark would when he's in the prowl. I thought that was great. Um, though it's not as emotionally driven as it was in that uh, Earth 2 arc, I think that scene, especially at the West household, yes. gave that beat that was similar that, to, that we got in um, the first Earth 2 episode when Barry was talking to his mom in Earth 2. I thought it was great, and I thought the way it captured, I think everybody there from Joe, West and Iris, I thought their reactions to what they were hearing was great. Um, Though it was more of a a, a large portion of the uh, episode with Caitlin Snow and how she's dealing with, you know, the death or the supposed death of a third love interest and less <laughs> than, you know, it seems like if you're in love with Caitlin, you're only going to last about 10 episodes. <laughs> but um, to me, that was a great standout. I think everybody did their part well. Um, and I'm excited for um, what's going to happen in the next episode because uh, I couldn't avoid it. I actually saw what's going to be happening mm. in episode 16. Yeah, like you said, this was definitely a fun episode from after that two episode arc we got from Earth Two. Now that that now that we're back in Earth uh, One, I did like uh, Cisco and Barry's 
storylines in this in this episode, them dealing with the aftermath of their journey from Earth Earth to them hiding that, and then like yeah. uh, Barry's guilt overtaking them, and then you know I also liked how Diggles was used in this episode, him big bro- brothering uh, Barry like a throwback to season one of Arrow, where he would big brother Ollie and then give him the confidence to do his hero thing. So that was great, and like you said, King Shark looked awesome. But on the villain side, was a little too short because of what they were doing with the episode. Definitely a setup to what's happening after we get this long break. I think like two weeks. So, but overall, fun episode. And uh, if I had to pick a negative, it would definitely have to be the subplot between Barry and Wally. Felt forced in this episode, especially with the emotional baggage that Barry was carrying for the guilt that Jay might be dead. And even Cisco's uh, subplot with uh, Caitlyn. So I think... That was overdone. Yeah, there's only eight episodes left, but I would have loved seeing it after the break. Yeah, that's one ma- major thing that I, I didn't, actually didn't mind the little discourse between Wally and Barry. The, only, the one thing that kind of brought me over the edge was that final kind of confrontation about Barry becoming a coward. I think that's a little bit too heavy-handed. Yeah. Um, I didn't believe that, you know, um, obviously there's a lot of jealousy yeah. being the fact that uh, Joe didn't know that Wally existed and and the fatherly figure that he is to Barry and then I could see that this discourse between them two um, and how Barry is very standoffish obviously Mm. because he's dealing with his own emotions his own demons and his mom just died too so so um, with all that jazz I think this episode is definitely one of the better episodes that are not kind of in this continuity with Zoom. Mm-hmm. I think as a standalone episode, it definitely reminds me a lot of comic books where, you know, sometimes you get one complete issue with 24 pages of one good story, mm-hmm. and I think this is what this episode is. Yeah, definitely a good episode, and I did love the the, the constant uh, Jaws references, and even like oh, the, be- even the beginning, it, felt, it wasn't a Jaws film, but it felt like uh, the beginning of Jurassic Park where they're trying to feed the raptor, and then he somehow escapes with King Shark, and the way... King Shark, actually, fun fact, is voiced by David Hayter, also who voiced Solid Snake, so for all the gamers out there, you want to watch uh, The Flash, he voiced King Shark, so there you go. Let's go head over to Wednesday nights on The CW with Arrow, Season 4, Episode 15, titled Taken, and basically Damien Dark confronts Oliver that he has his son William, and the only way for William to return is if Ali pulls out of that Mariel race and let his wife win that election. So in response, Oliver goes to Detroit and finds the the heroine Vixen, who's a hero with magical powers to help battle Dark and track down William. Overall, the episode was okay in terms of the action, but the story and drama did not do it for me this week. Uh, I did like the way Vixen was introduced, very organic. Uh, I wish I watched the cartoon to see how her, her origin was, but I'll catch that later. But she definitely was the highlight for me. And it's great that the showrunners brought in the voice actress to actually play Vixen in the live-action role. So that's hooray for, for her. Megan E.K., uh, she killed it. Um, like I said, the episode didn't do a good job of building tension of, of the taking of William. I wish they... Because he didn't really feel that he was in danger throughout the whole episode. And then Oliver's drama with his baby mama did not work. But like I said, the climax fell short. But now that... Uh, Damien Dark's powers are gone. It did feel like a rehash of the season two finale where they find a way to take away his power. So it's going to be interesting to see how Damien Dark proceeds from here now. And let's see who's in that damn funeral coffin, man. Just get get to it already. Um, For me, I, I this is actually one of the few episodes I actually did like. 
um, um, from Arrow because it feels similar to what we got last episode with, um, I'm sorry, the previous night with Flash uh, in that King Shark episode. Um, with this one, I thought Vixen was a great trans. It, it was a great translation to the live action scene, mm-hmm. especially with costume, yeah. um, her demeanor, and obviously um, what she was from the CW mm-hmm. seed. Um, obviously, that's still another kind of phrase that I definitely want to change. The few negatives that I have, um, but I was able to overlook because of how comic booky this episode was, mm-hmm. was definitely how whimsical Damien Dark was. Yeah. It was like a, he was like a little too over the top. Um, he played like Bison from Last exactly. Chung Lee. <laughs> he played, and it, to me, um, I think the baby moms was a little bit too, um, I don't know, overbearing. And then you had that relationship with Felicity again. Now yeah. we're getting back to the soap opera. Um, and Which is a must for CW. It, it's a must, but look how The Flash is doing it and how they're yeah, killing they it. Yeah, they handle it well for the drama. You know, obviously, uh, for me, let's... If you want to take it back to Arrow, was it season two? Mm-hmm. Like you said, same baby steps they did with Deathstroke, uh, losing the Marikuru, and in this por- uh, potion, Damien Dark as well. The totem. Um, but where they fell flat is when they tried so hard to kind of defeat Damien Dark with Vixen and her magical powers, mm-hmm. and none of it worked, Yeah. obviously. And, then, and it wasn't until the end uh, with the whole totem thing mm-hmm. and that he's... The, the reason is I don't think they're explaining the power set of Damien Dark Fully, yeah. Especially when you have Legends of Tomorrow f- showcasing him, and that he probably might be immortal, mm-hmm. but in a different kind of sense to um, R- Vandal, Sa- Vandal Savage. So uh, for me, the uh, this Arrow episode was uh, doable, uh, just because of the effects that Vixen got. Yeah. We have a little bit more of di- a diverse crew again, with um, you know obviously an African American female, um, and to me, it's the first time they have a city that is not. A DC Made city. Up. It's actually a real legit city <laughs> yeah. of Detroit. Um, so um, if I had to give this one a grade, I would go 50-50 and give it probably like a B minus C plus. Yeah, I agree with you there. But yeah, Vixen was the highlight, but everything else, the tension did not do well. And them, I think they should have used the flashback to explain how magic works in this world. They've been doing a pretty good job at it, but I think uh, hopefully it gets more effective, especially now that they open that tunnel and Oliver's like the chosen one, especially with that magic spell that Constantine put on him. So hopefully the flashback showcase how Damien Dark's powers correlate to those flashbacks. I'm the, the issue now we have here is that I'm loving the flashbacks now as mm-hmm. opposed to at the beginning of this season. Yeah. I think the flashbacks here has a more interesting, more, you know, in, indel- indelible, that's not even a word I think, <laughs> um, kind of story where here... You know, we've had the Damien Dark on and off storyline, but in the in the I'm sorry, the flashbacks, I think what we're getting from Oliver Queen and the whole mysticism mm-hmm. of that island uh, gives us a better grasp of it. But the, the issue I'm gonna have is probably more towards next year because that will be the fifth season. It'll be the final year in the island. Yeah. And I wanna know are they gonna try to cram, you know, too much maybe within that last year, or are they gonna just let it flow and have a kind of a plan to how we get from See the end of season five, no more flashbacks. My my hope is that they make it like Castaway, where he's on the island by himself and he's honing his skills, and he becomes this this like an, feral animal that we saw in the pilot episode. So I think they should they should scale it down. Maybe have like they take it from like hard target where a group of guys are hunting him or something, and he has to face these guys by himself and be like 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 um or the Schwarzenegger and the Predator, where he's like. Putting himself in mud and like killing these guys one by one, and be- and you see how he becomes this killer from where we saw him in the pilot. 
Yes, and now we're going to move into Thursday at 8 p.m. on The CW. That will be the group called Legends of Tomorrow. It's that their first season is episode 6. They entitled it Star City 2046. Um, if you can't judge by that title, is exactly what it is. They get stuck after a skirmish with... Um, Kronos. Kronos. Um, and they get flown out of the time stream. And what they are found out at the end of the last episode is that they're actually in Star City with an African-American Oliver Queen, which yes. they later find out is Connor Hawk. Um, to me, this episode was was one of the better ones. I think um, every single episode was a setup episode, in my mm -hmm. opinion. There was no payoff yet, and this is no different. Um, but to me, this was the best setup episode mm -hmm. because they had the best pairing from all the entire group. I think that they you got the soap opera with uh, Ray and Kendra I didn't and like that. Uh, Jax. You got um, you know the whole, I guess, mental hard time with with um, Sarah, and then you have the the now the maybe the the discourse between mm -hmm. um, that I did like between <laughs> between <laughs> Captain Mick, Cold and uh... between Mick and Snart and. Um, it definitely was an El elsewhere episode. It was there was a lot of heavy-handed fan service with this um, with this one, but I think with you know um, Connor Hawk being John Diggle's son was a great yeah um, a great homage to and that, Con also. that this one is going to be the Arrow universe and um, with the previous episode with Arrow, I was thinking the way the ten the the little flirtations with Ollie and Vixen was. Yeah, me too. I thought it was going to be <laughs> some sort of, especially the way it ended with mm -hmm. uh, Felicity giving back the ring and all that jazz. Um, but for me, this episode was was digestible. Yeah, it was. It was a digestible episode to get you hyped for the next episode, which I think is going to be a great episode. Mm -hmm. It's an episode that I thought they should have done a long time ago to kind of set the tone for the, the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the episode didn't live up to the hype that I set for it, but it was doable. Uh, it was uh, effective in, in what they were trying to do. They used the setting very effectively. I, like you said, a lot of fan service, but I wish they had a little spent a little more time on why uh, Slade Wilson's son attacked Star City and why he hated Ollie so much. And, like, and they explained uh, who, who Connor Hawk was and his relationship with Ollie and why they had a falling out, maybe. But... Um, the my high, the highlight was the 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 tension that was built between Captain Cold and a Heat Wave. They they did that masterfully throughout the episode. You see that Snark's time with this team has changed them, while Mickey has stayed the course of this guy that I have to do what I gotta do to be what I want to be, and that's a criminal. And him being like a kingpin in Star City twenty forty six was a was a nice change of pace. And then the way it went down in the episode was great. So it was, I want to see how that rivalry affects the team as a whole. And their relationship as well. Yeah, I get what you're saying with the whole, um, you know, backstory of of uh, the arrows. But you know, this is Legends of Tomorrow. It's, mm -hmm. it, that shouldn't have been an expectation. This this was more of uh, the pendulum swinging in Sarah's favor, knowing that you know her dad didn't make it, mm -hmm. um, and the the whole plight of you know if I stayed, could things have changed? And um, and. And it kind of brought a lot more guilt, especially when Oliver pretty much uh, solidified that that could have been the case. Mm -hmm. And it start, and you get to see his transition from being such a ratty old Batman beyond Bruce Wayne-esque person <laughs> into, you know, the arrow of the Dark Knight. Um, but to me, I thought that uh, this is a great setup episode of all the episodes that they've had. 
Um, and the next episode should kind of bring light to what the rest of the tone is for the, the remainder of the episodes of the well, season. And I have to say that the way they ended the episode with how Oliver and Connor were ready to take back the city, they could come back to this timeline maybe next season or even later on this season. So it's left I, open. I wouldn't want them to come back. Because yeah. I feel that if, if the Stoll story is about Vandal Savage, they got to end it there. Mm-hmm. I think this episode was strictly for fan service. So especially with Batman v Superman coming out and the whole Dark Knight uh, aura that's surrounding it, I think this is just for fans to say, listen, you know, we're cool too. Kind of reinforcing the fact that DC still taking over the television world. Um, I wouldn't be hopped up for season two for Legends of Tomorrow, so why don't we just focus on season mm-hmm. one? Because I, you know, I'm not saying there won't be. You're right. You're right. It's tough for, it's it's fun to speculate, but for me, I want to focus more on what is the plan to take down Vandal Savage, or um, what can happen with Vandal Savage if you take away his immortality, mm-hmm. at, or whatever kind of end to justify what happened with um, I forgot Hawkman's first name, Carter Hall. Carter Hall, yeah. Uh, the death of Carter Hall and how Kendra's kind of real, uh, re- re- realizing who she is. And that's the point I want. I want mm-hmm. to get to the point where Kendra becomes Hawkgirl and the whole team could, you know, be similar to the Avengers and how they kind of band it up, you know, because there's a bunch of those scenes in the end of every episode where you see a bunch of them fighting together. But I want to see more of a cohesive uh, kind of fighting style in a team aspect. Yeah, it looks like they're still making it exactly. up as they go along. It's yeah. just like, you know, Mick and and um, Leonard are always together and they're only focusing on who's in front of them. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if you go to the Avengers, you have Iron Man throwing people to, yeah. to the Hulk and then Thor helping out Cap and things like that. That's the only thing I really want to see is more of a group effort in the fight scenes. And I think that's where they should use Sarah as like their tactician because she has had training with the League of Assassins. So hopefully she'll put incorporate that kind of, like, tactics into their fighting style as a team. And maybe Rip Hunter falling back and saying, you know what, just do you. Falling back, he's fall back. He right? has. I haven't seen the leadership from Rip. Yeah, like, I think he should just fall back and just let him do what he does and just let, when they're fighting, let Sarah be the, the team leader. One thing I did love about the and episode... How, and let Rip be, like, the motivator. The one thing I loved about the episode is when Sarah actually spit in the face of Rip and saying that, I guess you don't care about other people's timelines other than yours because you only care about the deaths of your... the future deaths in your timeline. And I think when Sarah pointed out to Rip, I thought uh, it not only brought a, a shining light to Sarah's character, but I also think that they kind of need to focus it more on her story arc. Mm-hmm. Her and Ray, I think, have the strongest... Uh, storylines that they could add because they are the good guys you could love them yeah. and then third or maybe even a good second would be Leonard Stark's character so you have those three as your mains and then you have those ancillary characters kind of finding their home um, and then the next episode from the previous it seems like Mick's gonna get a shining light on his as well yeah so yeah I agree alright guys so that's gonna kill it for the review episodes of the television uh, series of The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. My name is Mickey Angelus. I've been your host. Definitely find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MickCertified. This is Fred Neonez, a.k.a. Angelo. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Fred underscore N. For more news and updates, be sure to check us out on our website at www.simplyputtalk.com. But guys, if you have questions or topics for us to talk about, please email them to info at simplyputtalk.com. Stay connected to us via social media on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram at Simply Put Talk. And subscribe to us, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, all that jazz will be on there. And guys, till next time. Positive vibrations.